Culture Illiterate, a podcast with four friends over thin comic book movies. I'm one of your hosts, Jake, and I spent $35 on a plastic popcorn bucket slash backpack that looks like the Blue Beetle Scarab Kajida. With me are my friends and fellow co-hosts. Wait, it's a backpack and a bucket? Yeah, it's, I, I, the audience won't be able to see this. Do you want to see it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Only the Patreon will Remember, see it. Remember, we saw it. This. Remember? It, I, I know we saw it, but I can't it see how it's. And it has straps, and the straps are decorated too. Um, <laughs> and it's a, it's a backpack. I assumed it was just a backpack, not like a popcorn thing. <laughs> Well, they they after oh they advertise it as a popcorn vessel, um, but they just give you the popcorn separately. At least where I, I go, um, I think that's kind of where all all of the everything uh, that's like the ongoing trend right now at like theater chains is for like big like superhero movies and blockbusters that come out to have a some some kind of toy or collectible and have a hole in it so they can say it's a popcorn thing and make you overpay for a little for under detailed plastic. This was the only one I've ever been interested in though because like it actually feels like it has some degree of purpose and doesn't look awful. You should you should wear it. Like, like the Ant-Man head that just looked like a really 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 low detail bust. You should uh, uh wear it the next time display. we go to the theater. Bring I popcorn see- in it. I think it. I think it'd be good for like wearing it to a convention if it's like a day where I'm not carrying that much stuff because it feels like festive and light. But sure, Sean. disgrace, disgrace. Well, anyway, the rest of y'all want to introduce yourselves. Yeah, I was just about to say my name is Jason, and I think that enjoying the taste of ketchup is some sick shit. Ketchup is good. Ketchup is disgusting. I I disagree with that I statement. I tasted ketchup for the first time in my adult life like a couple weeks ago and my opinion on it hadn't changed since I was a child. It is still fucking disgusting. You know what? Your food opinions don't really matter, Jason. I'm just gonna let you know. First of all, no one's food opinions matter because they're opinions. No. On food. Exactly. But your opinions matter the least out of everyone. (laughs) Anyway, ketchup tastes like fucking rotten tomato dog shit. And I really wanted to vomit. But I had to taste it because it was... It was for a bit. Really? Yes, it was It was for a bit, and I have to commit to the bit. Otherwise, who am I? I don't know. Who are you? Jason. Cool. <laughs> On to you, Matt. Yeah, so you know okay. who hasn't? Cool. My name is Matt. Hi. My fun fact is that Brendan... Is it Ralph? Is it... How do you pronounce his, how, how do you pronounce his last Superman name? Superman in this Rope? movie? Brandon Ralph? Brendan Ralph, yeah. Brendan... Oh. He played I'm... Todd Ingram in the scott versus the world movie which i really like yes he sure did scott pilgrim he was he was the guy who got uh who got held at gunpoint by the vegan police yes that's right i forgot about that part i just remembered him in it god i love that fucking movie i know oh i I can't wait for the uh the anime the comic yeah i can't wait for it it looks so good oh fuck that movie is so good i i should read the uh the source material because fuck the, that the, is good it's you very should. good i gotta i gotta buy it i i got i don't own a copy i borrowed it from a friend of mine from high school in high school but i don't own it i have all the color versions if you want to borrow them they're very pretty but anyways uh i i guess i'll introduce myself because my name is sean and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go against uh jason's thing a little bit but not in the way you think i could totally eat an entire jar of mayonnaise on my own it tastes so good that's some sick I shit like too mayo, but that's extreme mayo is mayo is like one of the most disgusting things to me like that it's probably over ketchup personally it's so it's so tasty i don't under, I, like i could slab i could lather that shit on any port of on any like piece of bread i'm eating okay. i love it counterpoint counterpoint it smells like dick cheese <laughs> counterpoint it smells like dick cheese. We, Fair. Me and Priya have been cooking a lot of dinners on this website with like Priya found it and it has a lot of like like not too unhealthy recipes and they're all pretty good so far. But they're like obsessed with mayo. Every time there's like a sauce or vinegar, like any kind of liquid based thing that goes into or onto the dish, they always call for mayo in it. To the point of like we made these really good enchiladas this past week and they wanted us to make this. They wanted us to just put mayo on them. Mayo on mayo. enchiladas and I was. And it was so stupid because the, the the dish already called for, like, plain yogurt, which tastes exactly like sour cream and is, like, the same. It's ba- Plain yogurt and sour cream are, like, pretty indistinguishable, to be honest. So we were like, why would we do that when we could just drizzle, like, if we're going for, like, 
Mayo is not any healthier than sour cream and tastes significantly different and does not fit with the flavors. So we were baffled and did not do that. But yeah, it's it's just weird. They call for like a ton of mayo and everything. And it's so strange because other than that, it's like health focused. You want to know something that I always hated mayo, but something that made me hate it even more is uh, being someone who uh, does dishes at a at my place of employment every day and some of those dishes being tubs of mayo and just warm wet mayo that's been sitting in a dish sink is just one of the foulest things to walk into slurp that shit up no it's all crusty and dried to the side in that scenario that's even tastier just will levis that shit no (laughs) no and i got a few buddies that fucking love mayo and it baffles me dude here's the thing about mayonnaise is that it is one of the best condiments out there, not really because it's good by itself, but because it's a fantastic base for well, yeah. so many other sauces. Yeah, let me let me say, like, I will qual- qualify it with the fact that there are plenty of mayo-based sauces that I like. I will acknowledge that, you know, chipotle mayo is good, aioli's can be good and so on but it's like but mayo in and of itself is disgusting to me do you, you know mean fantastic you know what's the, actually the best part about mayo is that using it and like smothering like a piece of bread with it and then frying it oh yeah it because burns really well it, gives, it fries really it well burns really yes. really well yeah you do that for grilled cheese yeah that's the key because it because it burns better than butter it doesn't exactly and it doesn't taste like mayo when you're done yeah it just tastes like bread are we a food podcast now i don't know we've yes. been talking about we mayo well for be. a really long time <laughs> although to be honest mm-hmm. If we do become a food-based podcast, it would just be me and Jake talking for most of the time, if I'm being and then, totally honest. And then it would just be me saying what I don't like, which is, like, most of the things. Like, Sean's got a, Sean's got a pretty no, good I'm palate. Not, I'm, not, not doing... I'm not saying because Sean doesn't have opinions of it. It's just me and you are very opinionated on food. And so we'll just I mean, talk you, over you know everyone a lot else. more than I do. I'm opinionated lot. on certain foods, but like I also don't give a fuck because I'm very picky. So like I don't give a shit. He's very opinionated on food he doesn't like. Well, no, no, no. Listen, I just I just don't like a lot of foods, and I acknowledge that that's my that's but that's the thing is I don't care that people like the foods that I don't like, so I don't get why people care that I don't like them. And that pisses me off. Jason's defense, I have never really experienced, at least not since Jason, like, got to, like, high school, maybe. Jason, while being a picky eater, does not prevent you, like, if Jason's part of a group and they want to go somewhere to eat, he'll deal. Oh, yeah, I will. Yeah, so it's not one of those situations where it's like, okay, well, it's a pain in my ass because now I can't get food that I want. I personally have never experienced that issue, so like, yeah, no, I'm, J- I'm Jason's palate it. confuses me, but it doesn't like impact my life negatively. So like, I don't care. That's what I'm saying. If I just want to eat chicken fingers, let me do that. If I don't like fucking ketchup, then let me live. Never. It's just funny that you're talking about ketchup like it's some like. Crazy, oh my god. Like, like if I don't like you know chicken liver like something. No, I know, so but that's what so makes it people. even stranger to me is that it's so common because. I cannot fathom, like, enjoying, like, it, getting that flavor on your tongue and being like, that's good. I like that. Wait, it's which good. flavor? I like what ketchup. Flavor? The flavor of ketchup. If you like vinegar-based sauces, then you can do it's definitely more of your thing. The thing about it is that it's so overpowering that even though I do like ketchup, I only have it on certain types of food, like fries, right? But I don't really put that ketchup like by itself on like a burger because then you just taste the ketchup this isn't necessarily a wreck but i felt like it was worth mentioning because it's something we talked about briefly before in our blade trinity episode but i actually went and watched the entire one and only season of blade the series <laughs> with sticky fingers how did that go for you <laughs> starring sticky fingers who's actually like probably the best part of it because really all that's required to be that to be blade and be that version of blade which he's 
like playing the snipes version technically or a very similar one is to like look cool and like you don't like anybody and he was great at that so he was actually pretty solid as blade but yeah i, I can't say i'd recommend it it's it's like 13 episodes and it's pretty pretty fucking you know 2005 spike tv which is exactly what it was but i just feel like i should provide that update since we mentioned the series and got a bit of a laugh out of it existing a handful of episodes ago so yeah i i actually went and i watched all of blade the series starring sticky fingers good for you i have a i have a wreck that's actually a wreck and not just a thing that i did it's not just a weird life update yeah um a band called movements who i've been a fan of for a very long time uh released their third full-length album recently it's titled ruckus i i think it's a phenomenal album uh i think it's of their three albums it's not the worst one and I'm not saying that in a in a bad way. I just don't know of the two that I would put at the top which one's the best. Uh, but they're very good, and this is a very good album. If you like emo, pop punk kind of shit, fantastic album, fantastic music in general. I've met them several times as I've seen them like eight times, seven or eight times. I don't fucking know at this point. And they are very kind people, very friendly. So... I recommend them. Very good band. Very, very, very good. Just good tunes. I also have a wreck, and this one kind of has to do with this movie, but uh, I recommend Young Justice. I've started rewatching it again to go through it, and it's about as fun as I remember it being, and I haven't watched the latest season yet, but I remember watching, um, so I haven't watched Phantoms yet, but I remember watching The Outsiders part of it, and that was good, and I, I'm having a blast going through it again, so I recommend it. I should do that. I haven't watched that show in a long time. It brings me back to old Saturday morning cartoons. It feels, it feels nice. This episode we're covering Superman Returns, which I guess you kind of already got the temperature of the room earlier, if you're listening, on how we feel about it, but it released June 28, 2006, written by Michael Dougherty and Dan Harris, with a story and direction by the same scumbag who previously directed X-Men and X2 X-Men United. Cinematography is by New- Newton Thomas Siegel, with music by John Ottman, which includes plenty of inspiration and the use of John Williams' original Superman score from 1978, because if anyone was not aware, the movie is intended as a continuation of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies from the 70s and 80s, but it stars, obviously not Christopher Reeve, since it came out in 2006, Brandon Ralph as Clark Kent slash Superman, Kate Bosworth as Lois Lane, someone more vile than Lex Luthor as Lex Luthor, James Marsden as Richard White, nephew of Perry White, Parker Posey as Kitty Kowalski, Frank Lignella as Perry White, Sam Huntington Huntington as Jimmy Olsen, Eva Marie Saint as Martha Kent, Tristan Lake LeBeau as Jason, Lois Lane's son, and Marlon Brando returning as Jarrell via archival footage. Um, So then real quick before we jump into it, again, given that the survivors of the people are more predominantly young, underage men, we're going to once again encourage you to donate to malesurvivor.org, which you've referenced before, or RAIN, R-A-I-N-N.org, which are both organizations dedicated to helping survivors of sexual assault, the former being committed to preventing healing and eliminating forms of sexual violence against boys and men, to treatment, research, education, advocacy, and activism, the latter being the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. They have an app and a National Sexual Assault Hotline, 800-656-HOPE, as well as a chat now feature on their website. So, you know, spend time on those sites instead of looking at the IMDb's of the people we didn't want to mention. And uh, anyway, let's get into it. Had any of you seen Superman Returns before this? I had not. I remember you and Dad telling me about it uh, because I remember Jake and I watching, what's that show called? that uh, Brandon Routh was in, and he played Ray Palmer. Oh, various CW shows. Yeah, we, uh, you know, watched various points of those shows, and he was in it, and then I remember you telling me about him playing Superman, and Dad being like, yeah, that movie kind of sucked, and I was like, oh, I shouldn't watch it then. So I never did until now, and it kind of (laughs) sucked. Yeah, that's all I got for you, but uh, Ray Palmer is a good-looking dude handsome guy I'll, I'll go i mean i had never seen this movie at all it i it 
it's like one of the ones that like it came out and I had not heard anybody talk about it afterwards since it to me it's been like a weirdly forgotten movie from a bygone era I mean it also doesn't help that this movie didn't make that much to begin with but like yeah it's just never it's never one that's I I knew it existed it just never crossed my mind and nobody ever gave it like super duper high praise so i just never got around to it i have seen this movie before and it is a very rare occasion in which my impressions of a movie from uh from a movie i watched when i was in elementary school still reflects my opinion of it today as for what that opinion is we'll get to that later a nice teaser huh um and were, were you all aware of the fact that it was supposed to be in continuity with the christopher reeve superman films going into this i did know that actually yeah yeah i knew that i don't know why i knew that but i did know it i mean for you, some you reason kind of put it together as you watch it even though obviously like setting wise this one is set pretty contemporary it feels like 2006 in the movie and those movies are all set when they were made in the 70s and 80s but with the George footage and all that you can you know kind of put it together so the movie takes place after superman's been missing for five years he uh traveled to the location where astronomers believe they had discovered remains of krypton and in the meantime lex luther his nemesis has been recently released from prison and married a rich widow to obtain a fortune upon her death having died failed to find any survivors of crypto of the kryptonians superman returns to earth and resumes his job at the daily planet as clark kent in metropolis there he learns that the woman he loves lois lane is now engaged to Perry White's nephew Richard, with whom she has a five-year-old son named Jason. She won the Pul- she has won the Pulitzer Prize for her article "Why the World Doesn't Need Superman." Luther travel excuse me, Luther Luther travels to the Fortress of Solitude and steals Kryptonian crystals, which he uses for an experiment that causes a power out power outage across the East Coast. The power loss interferes with the flight test of a space shuttle that is set to be launched into space by picking backing on on an airline on an airliner occupied by Lois Lane, who's covering the story. Clark flies back into action as Superman and stops the plane from crashing onto a baseball stadium. So, the movie starts with a time jump, and, you know, you're picking up after Superman's return. You see him crash land in Kansas again, a la his original appearance uh, in front of his mother. And how do you guys feel, like, before we even get into specifics, but how do you feel about the fact that this is a legacy sequel, kind of before those were popular, as well as the decision to have it pick up with this five-year time jump, but also pick up also for them to not really address the fact that those movies previously were clearly set in the late 70s to mid 80s whereas this one is definitely not set as like a period piece it is feels it looks like a 2006 yeah that well yeah that's say something real quick go ahead that thing being i am a person who doesn't really drink soda but this is what someone who drinks soda right so what i'm trying to get at is this must be what it feels like for someone to drink like regular coca-cola to just take a sip and realize it's diet coca-cola and just be severely disappointed like, that's around. what this movie is it's like you sip it and then you it's like kind yeah. of the same but like, it doesn't hit right and then you read the label or just go like oh, oh yeah or like you think you're taking a sip of water and then it's sprite and you're like oh shit like sprite's yeah. fine but exactly like, this, that's i just wasn't expecting it exactly it's, instead of uh coca-cola uh this just it's just shitty diet diet coca-cola and then like like Diet Coca-Cola, if you read, you know, the ingredients, and in this case, you read the credits, you realize there's a bunch of shit in it that's worse than the original. <laughs> there's a whole <laughs> bunch of shit missing that made the first yeah. one good. <laughs> yeah. The, di- the director, his initial, I'm going to call him BS, but in my mind, Because he's a I'm bunch of bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. So, bullshit directed this movie. <laughs> And like it that. is horrible. Bullshit. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Yeah, so I <laughs> so I basically uh, echo a lot of the same feelings that Matt said, but uh, I, I wasn't intending on using soda as a comparison, though I did love that analogy. Uh, yeah, I just I I liked it in concept of like 
it's a, I think it's a, a compelling story to be like, yes, yeah, Superman left for a while, he's coming back, and he's, you know, things are different, he's adjusting, and it's, Lois has moved on, whatever, yada, 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 like, it's a good concept, but, you know, it's Diet Coke, it's not, it does, the execution doesn't come through as much, it's like, like you said, it's supposed to be set five years after the originals, which were in, like, the 70s and 80s, and this is, like, it doesn't seem like it's in the mid 80s or late 80s it seems like it's in 2006 like jake said like it it just all of the aspects of it that seemed compelling just weren't actually there in the movie mm-hmm. you know, i mean like yeah the charm the vibe the everything well yeah that that too <laughs> that's uh, that's a good way of putting it yeah i mean like it's it's missing a lot (laughs) it just doesn't it's like you know how people make those comments of why we see like random face like you see a face that doesn't exactly look human but it's really close and it reaches that uncanny valley feeling that's kind of like it's really trying to be something it's not not and it it's like putting a mask over itself to hide the like hide the fact that it is what it is and it's just like it, it just doesn't come across right like there's it, it definitely like you can tell that it's like continuing the previous movies but it just gets so awkward when you notice like people have cell phones and then you have like weird things where it's just like it just doesn't things aren't sitting well and while i do think that like the story in itself the concept from the start is kind of like a bit compelling it also just feels like another excuse to make it a weird fish out of water story which is what superman is but i feel like considering this if we're gonna be continuing the the what is essentially christopher reeves superman in this it just feels like you're treading similar ground but in a way that makes it not seem like it's treading similar ground matt and sean kind of had analogies that sum up exactly how i feel but i think it's like even beyond just like this like the cell phone example like and beyond like the setting things so i do think it would have been interesting if they had like set this movie in like 1990 or something and maybe could have even given us like 90s mullet superman but the fact that to me one of the big examples is lex conning the old woman out of her out of her or i guess conning her family out of the inheritance when she dies it feels like something that i could buy gene hackman's lex luther doing but this version in this portrayal while simultaneously is actually one of the only things that feels sort of on par with the original i don't necessarily it doesn't work here and it doesn't feel like it fits with the whole thing of the movie so when like sean talks about that uncanny valley effect of feeling like you're like kind of watching those you know reeve donner lester movies kind of not that's such an example because that feels like something that would happen there but it doesn't really work here and it's also a missed opportunity you could have just had him you know be getting off free and still rich to show that you know rich people don't really pay for what they do often but that's to me like the big example of it not really lining up with it being a legacy sequel and why i feel like that was kind of a bad decision yeah i mean like the one thing with lex is that like it doesn't feel like it wouldn't fit in the older movies but like the tone of this movie just doesn't seem to fit it is the best way i can put it i don't know the the tone of this movie doesn't seem as hopeful and quirky and funny as like and hopeful as the original uh movies were and because of that it kind of hurts the portrayal of lex in the same way that gene hackman had done it it just it feels strange and it just feels out of place at times like it still is like i i think like close enough to a decent portrayal portrayal of that lex but like it's just i don't know it it, like i said it feels so uncanny i don't feel like i'm looking at what it (laughs) what i should be looking at yeah it just i don't know it it's almost like watching like a stage play of of the original superman like it's like watching people who aren't the people you watched do it before pretending to be those people if that makes sense yeah that's the thing is that they're not playing you know a version of the character that uh that caters to the actor's strength it's more trying to replicate the original superman trilogy and it honestly does a disservice because it's impossible to replicate what was so good in the original trilogy that you honestly could should have just you know hired these actors to play their version of the characters rather than forcing them to play uh characters of 
of a previous iteration. It just does a disservice. Like, why? It's not fair to any of the cast, really. No. I think Kate Bosworth kind of makes out the worst because, like, Margot Kidder's Lois Lane was someone that it felt like she was going to, like, jump on any mistake you made. She was going to give you so much shit that you had to be, like, on your game around her if you were someone that she was interviewing or interrogating or if you were just clark and she just had so much energy and kate bosworth's just kind of like here she's fine she's fine oh god that was the biggest change that i saw that really just dropped the ball it did not feel like i was watching lois Lane. yeah because because especially with with it being a follow-up to margot kidder's performance which was so good and like she had like a good character to her and then they didn't really give lois that in this as as much it was like she was a very kind of plain basic character i felt and it, it was when you're naturally comparing that to the margot kidder performance that's so electric and so expressive it's like it just falls empty with that how do you guys feel about like the overall look at what this world looks like after superman's disappearance because again like lex becoming a free man and rich again and all that that makes sense to me but other than that it just feels like it's like lois writes this you know why the world doesn't mean superman thing which makes her seem kind of but it, it doesn't feel like she's actually like bitter about it whereas again it feels like like margo kidder's lois lane would have been like jumping down his throat about like why did you leave earth as your ma- its main protector for five years and not have tell anyone and it just feels like there was an it, it feels unimpacted by the fact that superman left and came back and ultimately there's that i i feel like part of the movie wants to show the fact that why the world does need superman but I don't think it ever effectively shows that and it shows in just like the way the Daily Planet and Lois and all those people just kind of keep on functioning with normal life. I just thought it was kind of uncharacteristic for Superman to just disappear for five years because he's already he already knew that his planet was destroyed and yet when they say they finally found it he still goes to look at it what was was he trying to find more space because every all the rubble is gone at that point like there's nothing of krypton left maybe he'll find a few souvenirs here and there but this is no point to you know looking for his home planet because i always felt like superman even though he is kryptonian and he is alien still very much still considers earth his home like he doesn't consider himself an alien he thinks of himself as human. Like, he's from Kansas. Like, he's Clark Kent. Yeah. It's the fact that he'll just voluntarily, like, disappear for five years and leave the Earth unprotected just seems kind of weird. This It did not sit right with me. Especially when they tried to convince me that this is the same character portrayed by Christopher Reeves. Yeah. And just, that's not believable to me. That's that's not believable. And, yeah, and I, I agree with you, Matt. I think that kind of helped me, like, collect exactly my thoughts on it like i think it goes back to like how some of the concept in this is compelling and is sounds like a decent story but then the execution isn't good like the idea of superman being gone and a world without superman is like a fascinating idea to see what that looks like and then see him coming back to it and like you know how it how it's changed would be interesting but they didn't do it in a way that like seemed in character for the reeves superman like like matt said like it just doesn't fit that character at all it it doesn't work it doesn't make sense really that's the price you pay of having big character moments and big developments happen off screen because i can i can buy like i don't need my superman i don't need any of my heroes to be perfect and i can buy that he is desperate upon hearing that there's a chance of survival survivors of remnants to like find something even even it's a little out of character but like maybe for the Reese version but who seems pretty at home at earth but i can buy it that said but when you don't show it when you just like when the movie picks up with him returning to earth and he never really ne- and you never see the emotional impact it has on him having to leave his home and his family and why did he make the decision to not tell anybody before leaving and not have any kind of closure or plan in place like did, did he leave thinking earth was in good hands like things were well enough did he and then again when he comes back you don't really necessarily see any reason why him being gone necessarily mattered on a grander scale than maybe like his mom being sad and i just it's it's everything important happens off screen and i don't really get the point of doing that when there's a lot of things that happen on screen that you definitely could have cut out yeah it's a big show don't tell kind of thing that they just 
do and i feel like if they cut out a lot of the boring parts in this movie that serve nothing at all and maybe added that as like the introduction to the movie a lot of it would have hit a lot harder at the very least like some sort of like i don't know this is the dumbest thing in the world but like a montage of showing us the five years that like from him deciding i'm gonna go to him getting there and then seeing it and then coming back like he's out there alone do you can you imagine the road trip back that's agonizingly depressing (laughs) true yeah A a little will go a long way and yeah i don't know it's like like jake said he doesn't have to be perfect and and all that but like if you're gonna have him do such a dramatic thing like that show it to me make me believe it It, if it's gonna be believable show it to me so that i can believe it you know what i mean like show me what happened show me what led to that don't just feel like yeah he he was there because he was i guess and now he's back well they try to push the reason that he basically wanted to fight other kryptonians but again it's like it doesn't the urgency the emotional uh, urgency for him to do that doesn't makes sense when you don't at least no. like show some kind of scene to ex- to like build it and you know display that yeah exactly like the th- thing is is that this is supposed to be a continuation of the christopher reese superman the christopher reese superman had to uh, had a lot to live for in earth right and so it would be very confusing to just all of a sudden just go on a five-year trip without telling anyone right because it's not like clark kent is a total loner in those movies he has relationships with people and it's not like they're fake relationships they're actual relationships and so the, the fact that he'll just disappear for that long it just doesn't make any kind of sense whatsoever and also like i don't know like they try to push the reason as to why he left is that i don't know he's like he was lonely like he wants to fight other kryptonians it just goes back to what i said before like his planet was destroyed the I'm message mad. left like, by his father like, basically superman says you are the like last kryptonian of... why did he still look for them i mean yeah but superman lore that happens and there's also like a shit ton of kryptonians that end up being alive he already found he already fought superman i mean sorry superman already fought zod and other ones in superman too um and this movie kind of ignores supergirl but i just mean like i i I don't i don't necessarily have a beef with that as the setup because i think if you're desperate for even a little bit of a world you never knew the chance that somebody could have like and there is like i said like comic lore basis for chunks surviving such as uh candor city and Supergirl and et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really have any problem with that as much as the fact that I just don't feel any of that emotion of that hope existing and then getting torn away from him out of nowhere. Like you know what I mean? Like he had to like relive something so painful. I know he didn't live through the destruction, but like the 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 learning of it the first time. So I, I'm not sure. I mean, I would have started the movie with I actually like, on a positive note really like the plane rescue. I think Superman returning by stopping a plane. From falling with Lois Lane on it is just very quintessential Superman. And I think the movie would have been a lot better if you shaved off that first like half fucking hour and just had it start with that really thrilling plane rescue and kind of kind of quickly seen the movie's like really muted in a lot of ways in its color and visuals. And it would have been kind of cool if you had had him maybe save the plane and then post that the world livens up more. But that's just another way where it doesn't feel like the movies it's supposed to be following up. And in the end, I just feel like there's like a wasted half hour at the start of this two and a half hour, two hour, 40 minute movie when you could have just jumped in with his return rather than like a bunch of mulling that doesn't really have any kind of emotional impact. Yeah, that's the thing though, is that this is supposed to be, okay, I'm going I'm going to be saying this all night, that this is supposed to be a continuation of Christopher Reeve's Superman. And it goes back to my Diet Coke analogy earlier. Why is this movie so absent of color? I don't understand that. The original trilogy was so colorful. Even movies 3 and 4, which this movie totally ignored, by the way, are more colorful than this movie. Like, Like, Superman's S isn't even a bright red. It looks more like poop green at times because of how muted this color is. Like, nothing pops out. And so, it just makes it inherently more boring than any other Superman costume that I've seen. Like, at at least, like, the Zack Snyder Superman costume was, like, kind of bad, and so it was more memorable in that light. But this one, it's just boring, right? It's forgettable. So, it's just a waste of memory space. 
And so you might as well remove it from your memory memory banks as soon as you see it. Because there's nothing worth remembering it for. Because it's just a poor imitation of the original one. And that's why I never heard anybody talk about this movie after it came out. Oh, and it's one of those things I realized after watching it. I was like, now I understand why nobody talks about this. Well, here's the thing, Sean, is that... Even as a small child, when I saw this movie, I just thought, this movie's boring. And when, you know, when you get older, your tastes change, a lot of things change about you, right? All these years years later, re-watching this movie, my opinion of this movie has not changed. It's the exact same. It's just boring. It's saturated of color. It's honestly really poorly paced there's a lot of scenes that didn't need to be there the only difference now is that i can put my feelings into actual words instead of just saying it's boring that's really the only difference between now and like like 15 years ago isn't it crazy like when you're young and like your first experiences with like movies being bad you know what i mean like i was more surprised that i identify the movie as being bad because i did not think i had uh tastes back when i was in elementary school that's what i'm saying is like the like i'll never forget like the first time like i remember like prince of persia was the first time i saw a movie and was like oh movies are bad sometimes and that was one I'll never forget that. That was the first time I was just like, just isn't, didn't isn't, like a fucking movie. Yeah, isn't that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yes, it was a Disney movie. I watched that movie. It's dog shit. I remember it being kind of bad. Yeah, I it's just, bad. But the thing is, is that I don't remember anything about it, and so I can't verify through my memory if it was good or not. Well, I remember. I believe I was in second grade when it came out if I'm not mistaken, and I was just like, what a horseshit fucking movie. Anyway. Okay, if I, pl- if I uh, bulldoze through a couple paragraphs of plot. Please do. No. Okay, well, fuck you, Sean. Uh, the world rejoices at Superman's return, even if Sean doesn't, though he has difficulty coping with the fact that those he once uh, held close have all moved on from him. When Superman gets distracted by an out-of-control vehicle, a diversion involving Luther's henchman, Kitty Kowalski, Luther steals kryptonite from the Metropolis Museum of Natural History. Perry assigns Lois to interview superman against her contentions to not largely because this movie seems like obsessed with the fact that she has a rumored past uh sexual relationship with superman something to her now fiance and presumed baby daddy's displeasure so he assigns her to interview superman while clark investigates the blackout which she wanted to do lois and jason inadvertently bored luther's yacht and are captured after lois decides to hold interest in the blackout story so she which she connects to Luther's experiment. He reveals to them his plan to use one of the stolen Kryptonian crystals, which he has combined with kryptonite to grow a new landmass in the northern Atlantic Ocean, which will then supplant the continental United States, killing millions of people. Seeing Jason seemingly have a slight reaction to the kryptonite, Luther asks Lois who Jason's real father is, and Lois asserts that the father is Richard. The crystal begins to grow, uh, begins to create Luther's landmass, while Lois attempts to escape, but is attacked by henchmen. However, she's saved by Jason, who throws a piano at the man and kills him, thus confirming that Superman is his real father. Meanwhile, Superman attempts to minimize the destruction of Metropolis caused by the new landmass's growth, and Richard pilots a seaplane to rescue Lois and Jason. Superman arrives to help and flies off to find Luther. So, with this, how do you guys, I mean, first thing, just how do you guys feel about Lux's plan because I do think it is kind of gold that he is still obsessed with the with real estate and property ownership as he was in the original Superman the movie I think that is a nice touch and it's a plan that kind of works for me in this like outlandish comic booky way plus it gets us to focus on some genuinely I think good action pieces of Superman just saving people which I think is where that kind of uh, action with that character really shines as opposed to him fighting it's because in the end he is about hope and about saving and protecting others not just punching that plan was honestly the one thing that i was like okay this one hits well (laughs) because just them keeping with the the his whole plan is just land development i love it it's so stupid and i love it i'm on the same boat i really enjoy the plan because of how silly it is and how comic booky it is it just makes me miss gene hackman though because i know that he will do a really good job just like selling the cheese of the movie and making it more fun and what we got is just it's just kind of basic yeah it it was a really good like i liked the plan like as we all did but like 
Matt said, everything else about the movie just kind of made it feel like it fell flat. Because, I don't know, when Gene Hackman was doing it, it was like, I don't know, the movies were colorful and fun to look at and watch and exciting. And then in this one, it was just like, oh, just kind of felt lame in execution. Yeah. I think it is there, there. There's some moments here and there. Like I really like the the shot of the bullet hitting Superman's eye during the the, the distraction scene, and uh, the recreation of Action Comics number one with him catching the car. But it, it it's too little in a movie that's really dragged out. I also think this is our only. Um, Maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe you guys think I'm being too harsh, but I think this is the only bad Lex. Sorry, not Lex. I mean Lois Lane we've had. Not just so far, but even looking forward. I think, like, I'm obviously Margot Kidder, amazing. I can't, I'm blanking on who played her in Superman in the Moment, but she was, I thought she was good too. And oh, yeah, she so was Lois, awesome. She was Lois awesome. Lane's from animation as well, like the, the Bruce Timm series, like uh, the one in My Adventures with Superman, the Ruben Fleischer one, and then TV Lois Lane's like Erica Durant or Bitsy Tulloch. And I, I'm sure there's a bunch that I'm leaving out as well, have all been great. And unfortunately, really? Kate Bosworth, like, no shade at her. I think has absolutely nothing to do in this movie other than he can be Jason's mom, who I think the Superman Sons thing is like a perfectly fine plot line, but they just make Lois like wet paper to the point of like they even write in a line about how she can't work write about sex worth a damn, which feels so not Lois Lane, especially so not Margot Kidder version Lois Lane, which this is a continuation of again. And it's just another way where this movie seems to, like, miss its point in a way that I do think, like, I don't necessarily think it was fair of Ralph to make him have to be picking up for Reeve, but I think he does a solid job, and I generally, like, I like Lex's plan here, I like the evil music over Lex's wig, but Lois is so left behind in this in terms of giving things to do. It's kind of got, like, I love the Raimi trilogy, and I love Kirsten Dunst, um, but kind of like how they... It's worse than they do MJ, and I'm on record as not liking how those movies do MJ, but this is even worse. Yeah, that's fair. That is very fair. Although, I don't really remember anything positive about Amy Adams' Lois Lane. I, I mean, just... better. She, do... she, like, does stuff, though. I'm not, like, really? Crazy, I just remember but... her just staring at stuff, and that's really it. I don't really remember <laughs> she buys, her, she like, particularly doing anything. Solitude. She saves... She say... Like, I'm not a huge defender of those movies, but she does discover the Fortress of Solitude. She does save Superman from getting killed she does uh help his in his resurrection she like, ha- like oh, I, I don't yeah, think it's like the best lois but compared to this version that just kind of like the, the only decent like lois investigating luther's boat and then the interaction between them is the only time that i feel like kate bosworth actually gets to act in this movie and she's really good actually i think in that scene but for the most part she's just kind of really one note yeah i mean like i kind of am with i i agree with matt a little bit that like i i don't know i can't remember much of what amy adams did and while she did do stuff and i don't think she's the worst my god i feel like kate Bosworth this this amy Ad, this uh, don't god this amy Ad, this <laughs> this lois lane was just not it it was just not it it like yeah the only real time where it felt like i i was watching lois was her like wanting to investigate the boat and like i get not much else past that like you said it just feels like a regression for her character because she's just a mom in this and that's fine but like (laughs) it just she can be a she can be a mom and she could do more she can also like have fucking character traits and like impact on the story you know and still be a mom you know like all of those things can still be true yeah Maybe it's, it's kind of sad that people don't realize good. yeah people don't realize that being a mom is not a personality Fuck it, it's not it's not inherently bad like i don't mind the the this jason storyline necessarily i don't like the execution of it and while it's a drastically different storyline they have lois lane as a mother of two two teenage boys and superman and lois which is an excellent television show and that's wonderful and they use the fact that she is a mother and how that impacts her as a person and impacts who she is wonderfully but this movie it just defines her as nothing but being there to be in this really really lame really really damp and limp love triangle where because this movie also wastes james marsden and it also underutilizes brandon routh who is a good superman and you know who's written this side this is a complete aside but why is cal penn in this movie oh yeah i meant to bring that up that was so <laughs> fucking funny i laughed so He's hard like, the second i saw cal penn's face henchman but i think he has one line but that also he's in like a lot of luther scenes but he's just standing there but then that camera 
will also linger on just him for several seconds at a time, and I'm not sure what happened, but it, it, it was like they decided to cut his character out of the movie, but he was contractually obligated to be in it for a certain amount of time. For some reason, in the edit, they were just like, let's stare at Cal Penn for five seconds at a time, but not even give him a line, or so he's just standing there smiling. It's that he's just standing there menacingly. menacingly. I, but, I, but it, like, in my brain... Because it's fucking Cal Penn being a nerd named Stanford. In my brain, the casting director was just fucking dead set on getting Cal Penn for that. <laughs> We don't have a role, but we he, need Cal. Penn they were like, they movie. were like, who should we cast for this random scientist? I don't know anyone off the street. No, we need Kumar. He's just a mm-hmm. big Harold and Kumar stand. He's like, just stand next to me when you're not in a shot and make Kumar jokes and just just be here for vibes, I mean, man. The only thing quieter than his character in this movie is the dialogue overall. Because I don't know if you guys experienced that, but the fucking dialogue in this movie was mad quiet. Something was yeah. up with the sound. Yeah, what? Well, Nothing else was just that yeah for sure yeah so um god where were we um upon confronting luther superman's weakened by the landmass as it's filled with kryptonite this allows luther and his henchmen to brutalize and torture him superman is stabbed with the shroud of kryptonite by luther and falls into the ocean and is left to drown only to be rescued by lois and richard in a helicopter after lois removes the kryptonite from his back superman's able to regain strength from the sun and lifts the landmass after putting layers of earth between him and the kryptonite while luther and kitty escape in the helicopter all willing to let millions die, Kitty tosses away the crystals that Lex stole from the Fortress of Solitude before their helicopter runs out of fuel, leaving them stranded on a desert island. Superman pushes the landmass with the crystals into space. Weakened by the kryptonite, he crashes back to Earth. So, I do think, again, to this movie's credit, while it is an overly darkly lit finale, I mean, I understand it's like storming and raining, but it's still, come on, not everything has to be gray. I do think it is pretty interesting. Like, I, again, I, li- I like that they put a focus on this movie on Superman saving people. I think it is a tremendous, really impressive feat of strength that is genuinely well-framed, well-shot of him lifting the landmass. I think it's probably the most impressive feat we've seen Superman do on film to this point. And the shots of him just saving people in the streets of Metropolis are much better looking, as well as just a very in-tune callback to what was so great about Superman movies of the past. So I do want to give some credit there because there yeah. is some things to be appreciated in this film for sure. Yeah, I agree with Jake because I'm definitely going to appreciate it more the further we get along DC movies. And then we get to the Snyder era. Uh, let's not think about that right now. Keep an open mind. No, I, mean, that's what I mean, I'm trying to go into even like the ones that I've seen before didn't like before. I'm like hoping, you know, I, I, I still didn't like it, but Jason got me to open up a little bit to Howard the Duck before. So I feel like anything's possible. Yeah, I went into <laughs> I went into this being hopeful. It's not everyone. Like, it's kind of funny to me that all four of us seem to overall. I mean, I don't want to get into final thoughts. We're not even on the plot, but this is a movie that's like there. It has a following. People like it. It's hardly like it's this universally hated movie so what even though it did bomb at the box office so it is kind of funny that like four from four we all have very similar opinions on the matter i mean like the main thing that i felt when i was watching it was just brandon routes good it's boring <laughs> yeah <laughs> this movie is boring that's a good summary <laughs> that's a pretty good summary of like the there, whole two there, hours there are some good performances in here this movie's boring <laughs> mm-hmm it's yes. like it should be it does ins- have some highlights though it does have, have some highlights like uh save superman saving people but again that's like bare minimum of what's required right but in like, superman movie. like let's think about that our our highlight is superman saving people in a fucking superman movie yeah exactly like that's like the bare minimum <laughs> of what you expect from a superman movie like everything else about this movie in regards to like the script is just boring uninteresting or really poorly executed does anyone else feel too like kind of playing off what matt said that really reflects in how superman himself is in this movie because maybe this feels like a kind of a weird complaint or a shallow one but superman feels a little too subdued to me he's a little bit mopey like i just never really feel like he's someone who would inspire people and the first movie had yeah. that whole line. Yeah, it's a little Zack Snyder. Yeah. Like, I, oh, I think it's worse than that, honestly. Like, I don't I don't believe a man can fly from this movie. He's, like, he just kind of seems like I, he's bumping me out. Like, I don't want to be in a room with the guy. I well, It's like I definitely get that they were going for a more pensive and, like, trying to be thought-provoking in some way, shape, or form by making him a bit more, like, uh, emotional and a bit more 
in him, like in his head. But like it just it doesn't it. Like I said, that's why it, like there's a weird tonal shift going on here that makes it like there's a lot less hopefulness. There's a lot less of like that fun, hopeful, like happy uh, tone that you usually see in the older movies. And then here it's like it's repressive he feels sad there's like this very pensive like feeling throughout that he just carries with him and i don't want to see superman with (laughs) like it's worse than man of steel because it just it it contrasts so heavily with what came before and it doesn't fit with everything else it's basically like a foreshadowing moment because we thought we would, you know, see Superman back to being Superman, but we were naive. We were so naive. And it's one of those things that I think, like, obviously we've made the comparison now to the Cavill Snyder Superman, which we haven't really, we're not even close to getting to really yet in our watch through, but we will eventually. But I think at the very least, like, as polarizing as that interpretation was, your past performances and past interpretations are only there for personal preference. They don't necessarily impact the actual, like, you can't sit there and say, well, it doesn't really fit because it's a new version, even if you don't like it. Versus this one, you have to, because you have made the decision to set this as a continuation of those movies, it does not feel like this. I don't understand, especially because so much happened off screen, such as Jason being conceived and born, all of that what happened between Clark and Lois, Clark's adventure to about to maybe find more Kryptonians only to be let down. So much happens off screen, as we've said time and time again, that it doesn't make sense why this character is shown this way. And ultimately it just feels less so like he's emotional and more for so like he's emotionless. I don't it's not that he's sad. It's that he's just bland and I feel like it's like that guy who's sad, but when you ask him what's wrong, they just refuse to answer and say they're okay and it's just kind of annoying. I don't actually feel like I get to process and join in these emotions like I'd want to from a character I care as much about as Superman. That's just honestly so depressing. It is. It's honestly so depressing. Like, it's depressing to see, and it's depressing to watch. Just to see Superman just turn into a figurehead rather than an inspirational figure that he's meant to be. And it just goes back to, you know, like, what I said before. Like, this movie is trying to replicate what what Christopher Reeves did. But you can't replicate Christopher Reeves, right? And so what they did was just make a poor imitation of it. That's just lacking in all of the soul and effort that went into making the original Superman so good. And a large part of that was uh, Christopher Reeves' performance. And you know, it's not Christopher Reeves. You just, you gotta let you gotta let the actor play to his strengths and not imitate what came in the past because that's not gonna succeed. It's really sad. It is really sad because you can't say there wasn't effort. Well, I'm I'm actually questioning that as I'm saying because is it even effort? Just you know, just trying to copy what what happened in the past. It's true. I mean, so we're gonna wrap the plot up because I don't know how much unless y'all have something else. I don't know how much more there is to say without just repeating ourselves about how this feels both repetitive but also not at all like it's repeating somehow. So, at the hospital, after removing more kryptonite from Superman's body, the doctors learn they can't penetrate his skin with their surgical tools, and he remains in a coma. While visiting Superman, Lois whispers something into his ear and kisses him. Superman awakens and visits a sleeping Jason, to whom he recites the speech that his father, gave Jor-El, gave him while Jason sleeps. Obviously, what Lois told Clark slash Superman is that he is the father. We also don't... It's also not... Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think it's really well done. They don't really address the dual identity thing in regards to Lois and Clark. She still seems to... I don't know, I don't know why we can't just have her know that he's Superman. Sorry, that's a complete aside, but it's bothering me. And um, so he recites that Jor-El's speech to his son and flies off. Lois starts writing another article titled, Why the World Needs Superman. And Superman reassures her that he is now back to stay before he flies off into low orbit where he gazes down at the world once again paralleling the end of the uh brave movies so what are you guys overall thoughts on so let's just say like kind of broadly the storytelling of the movie whether that's visuals or uh script writing 
any of that. Boring. Well, there it is. Yeah. Just and boring. I totally agree. Boring. Poorly paced. Yeah, there's just not... Uh, there's not a lot f- going for it. No. Like, the scenes with Superman are, are really well done, but everything else is just lacking in soul. Uh, How should I say it? It's lacking in soul. It's lacking in competency. It's lacking in screenwriting. The cinematography is not that bad, I would say. Cinematography is solid. It's, it's just like the definition of a below average movie like if constantine is average this is like below average like everything yeah, is... is like just leaves you wanting more and you feel like this movie could have been so much better than it is right like with constantine everything felt okay i wasn't offended in fact i was having fun and then when i finished watching the movie i just felt neutral right and so my day could go on without any other problem. I can't say the same way about Superman Returns. Superman Returns just made me reminisce about times, better times that are now gone and I can never go back to. Well, I also wouldn't say that this movie is particularly an abomination either. Oh, no, it's not an abomination. That's why I say it's like it's a just, below average. It's yeah. like a four out of four. It's like that's, 10. that's a good way of putting it. Like, it's just like a perfectly below average movie. Yeah. Like, I can see the promise in it, and I can see that there's, like, genuine, like, in, in a lot of it, like, um, I feel like the screenwriting lacks a little bit in the way that, like, a lot of these things aren't fully realized. A lot of the dialogue came across as a little weird to me, and, like, I really w- feel like that there are some character scenes in here that really could have worked and really helped it out, but it just doesn't feel like anything got, like, any nothing really reached the potential that it was trying to go for and that it was trying to strive for but i feel like there's again like i said potential that it could have uh it just really doesn't execute much of it well and it's disappointing to see that and like nothing else really helps either because in between those character scenes that this movie tries to have the movie is just boring it's a lot of empty space i guess is the best way to really put it and i don't even know it's just things feel long drawn out and pensive and like that can work for a movie but just not this it just doesn't work for it 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 just at least not in the way that they're trying to anyways um and it just makes it again like come across like like matt said just very below average at times yeah one of the things superman represents is you know progress and moving forward i think and this movie doesn't have forward momentum as you guys are kind of talking about here i don't necessarily feel like i get anywhere in terms of there's this mo- like i think like when i kind of had a meltdown mid-plot about what was still not knowing that clark is superman that was one of the issues i had with the original superman movies and i think it continues here because it's just another it's maybe the most egregious example of just no forward progress and if you have a situation where you could be showing these characters moving forward in their lives but whereas maybe Lex as the villain is the only person who is still stuck behind and still not moving forward, but it feels like Lois is still hung up on this person that she that just abandoned the Earth for five years, even as she has a child. And while you could potentially use that as an example of like Superman showing up and that people people's lives improving and showing that forward progress as a result of him and why he is important, that I don't I don't really feel that's done. Towards the end you kind of get this like illusion that him and Lois may get back together, but she's also still with Richard, which just feels like more stagnation. And as a result, like a movie that seems to want to have its why the world needs Superman, the article she's running at the end seems to be kind of what this movie wants to be about. Why and in like a literal world sense, why the world needs symbols, why the world needs hope, why the world needs to move forward. But I never actually feel like the movie conveys that. Other than the one example, maybe the fact that Lex continues to be Lex and Superman stops Lex again. That's the only, like, I just don't think there's enough in the movie and in the script to show, like, to prove that point of why the world needs Superman. And I think that almost is reflected in real world with the fact that it took, that the Superman franchise has been, like, semi-rudderless and directionless since before this movie yeah yeah well said well said snap snap do you guys have like any thoughts on how these uh these characters in these stories conclude because with superman returns this is the last you know film that takes place in this continuity there is if anyone's curious actually brandon routh does reprise his role as superman in 
uh, the CW Crisis on Infinite Earths event, which is better than you would think it is, and he's pretty pretty good in there. But Crawl are intense and purposes. We um, are not returning to this continuity, so how do you guys feel about where we basically end things with, with this Superman and this Lois and this Lex, who I guess is just on an island? It's anticlimactic and boring and not that great as is most of this film i feel i feel like yeah i feel like there's no way this is gonna be a good book ending for it and neither was the movie before it so like uh, we really didn't get any uh, there was no choice we you get bad or worse yeah yeah (laughs) you get bad or worse You get dog shit or, you know, sewer trash. Mediocrity. I honestly will take yeah. this over Superman 4. I mean, that's a lot oh, Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, exactly. Are you, that's the thing. I was going to say, are you sure, man? Just replace. It's like, you know, it's like getting slapped in the face instead of dropping a sledgehammer on your foot. Like, yeah, it's like. It's honestly, it's a lot less painful, but doesn't make it not painful. It's It still hurts. Yeah, this and movie. And so I'm just. I'm just left with an empty feeling that this is now the the conclusion to a series that I love. Yeah, this is, you know, this movie it's like, it's is like, how like all the trilogies of my childhood end in disappointment. Yeah. And the only loser of, in that situation is me because I was a fan in the first place. Loser. Fair. Um, a little dramatic, but fair. I mean, let's let's stop the bleeding then. Does anyone want to jump in with their, their final thoughts? Their, you know, favorites, least favorites, and recommends? This movie should have been called Superman Returns with a bunch of Zs because it almost put me to fucking sleep. And with that, my least favorite part was the weird love triangle between Superman Lois and James Marsden, uh, whose character's name was Rich White. <laughs> I know the strange. Rich White. This is the second time. This it's is the second time name. we've seen James Martin get cucked in a comic book movie. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Horribly underused. Yeah, and he. Uh, God, what a what a tragedy that is. What a treasure we we have with James Marsden. How waste potential he is in this movie. Let's get the hashtag going. Justice for James. Justice for James. Don't oh, worry, he got redemption this, with the Sonic movie. That's a fact. That's where he, he murdered. Yeah, that at least shit. he got redemption there. If I had a nickel for every movie that James Mar- or every comic book movie that James Marsden was cucked in, I'd have two nickels. It's weird that I have two and that it happened twice, but I'll take it because we got Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> He's so yeah, yeah that's my it's least weird favorite that the, part. The first time he gets like an on-screen healthy relationship is in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> yeah, but that was my least favorite part because it was just kind of weird because like his character was like a perfectly fine guy and then she was superman came back and then lois was just kind of like in love with him and then their kid that he raised was actually superman's kid so that was kind of weird and i didn't i don't know i just thought it was an uncomfortable dynamic uh my favorite part was i thought ray palmer was really good as superman he he did a really good job and he was handsome. Yes. You really like calling him Ray Palmer. Uh cuz I remember that quicker than I remember his real name of Brandon Routh. Fair. So he's Ray Palmer to me. <laughs> God damn it. And I think he'd appreciate it. Okay, well, and uh, I, I, pr- I could probably guess on my own given the last, you know, hour plus, but uh, do you recommend this? No, it was bad. Don't. No. Dude, there's no reason you should watch it. No. It's like um, there's worse watch... things to do, but you don't gotta. There are worse things to do. You can just watch like the five minutes of Superman clips from this movie, and then you'll basically consume all the positivity that this movie emanates. Basically. You don't have to do anything else. That's literally it. And then, you know, that means you got a better experience with this movie than us. Just don't get, you know, just don't don't lie to yourself. Don't, like, fool yourself into thinking because these scenes were pretty decent that you should watch the movie. No, no, no. You're asking for two hours of 25 minutes of not necessarily pain, but, like, being in, like, a, like a zone of, like, boredom. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, when you're too bored, you just kind of days you're just in like a daze you know that's what this movie is yes this is true i mean for myself i think honorable mention goes to any of the scenes where superman gets to actually do superman things and save people and lift stuff 
But unfortunately, I kind of hate to say it because the person playing him is allegedly an absolute monster. But Lex Luthor is my favorite part of this movie. It feels like the only thing that actually kind of works and the only character who all of their scenes are actually pretty entertaining. And there's a lot of things vying for my least favorite, whether it is the mischaracterization of Lois, the general boredom, the general bland visuals, which I think speak to poor direction. The lack of identity, both in terms of what it is homaging and continuing and its own uniqueness or lack thereof. But ultimately, I think my biggest issue is just having major developments happen off screen. The decision that comes from, you can paint it broadly, is just a decision to make it a legacy sequel. But to have Superman be gone for five years and as such a strong premise as that is, and to never really feel the impact of the fact that he was gone for five years both in the grand sense of how Metropolis and the world looks, and also in the sense of these characters' lives and their interpersonal relationships. That's really, really damning, I think, of a movie's quality if if your lead's five-year absence and continuity is just might as well not have happened. So, especially when your theme is why the world needs that character, why the world needs Superman. So, despite some glowing moments here and there, I don't recommend this. I would stop after Superman 2 and just quit while you're ahead. Yep, that way you get a good ending. Exactly. It's a kind of weird ending. Ending, but it's good. My final thoughts. Well, I think I think my final thoughts have already been said throughout this entire podcast. But I'll reiterate my opinion. I think this movie is below average. I think it's like a four out of ten, and because of that, I would not recommend it. But I do like the Superman scenes. Just watch the highlights on YouTube, like how you watch sports highlights or episode highlights of your favorite show. Right? Just do that. And no, I do not recommend it. Yeah, my favorite thing I'd have to say are, yeah, those moments where Superman gets to be Superman, because Brandon really does, honestly, is uh, does a really good job. Oh, we're on a first-name basis with Brandon now. Sorry, Mr. Mr. Ray Palmer. Mr. Ray Palmer. But, uh, yeah, like, I really appreciate him as Superman and working with what he's got. He does a really good job. Um least favorite thing as much as i like I, I would say there are other things like this movie being boring is probably my least favorite thing and god how do you make it this boring at the very least superman 4 was like funny to me a little bit this just was boring it just in the end i came out of it and i forgotten everything it's just it's a forgettable movie it it's the worst part of it no i don't recommend it and i don't think i have i don't think i will ever recommend it but that's okay because there is some re- good reasons not to see this movie we do recommend is that you follow alovfx alovfx as he provided our beautiful wonderful artwork for the podcast and that you follow jason's music yes my music i make music uh i made the intro outro music for this the upsides pa on instagram the underscore upsides pa on twitter even though my personal account is banned on twitter right now fuck elon musk and the upsides on soundcloud and also one final recommendation is to follow Culture Illiterate on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to Culture Illiterate Podcast on YouTube. Follow us at Illiterate underscore pod on Twitter, Instagram, any socials that we have. That's the at. Reach us at cultureilliteratepod at gmail.com with questions and comments. And next episode, I don't I don't know why I said episode. Like episode. That. Next episode, we're going to swing on over back to the Marvel side of things, specifically the Sony marvel side of things with a movie featuring the cinematic debut of one of marvel's premier anti-heroes that's right we're getting caged with ghost rider let's go oh god <laughs>